Our boy, Michael Penix Jr. in the news again. Just like that. Oh, Smitty, he's not going to be a first-round pick. Smitty, he's falling. Nobody's going to take Michael Penix Jr. in the first round. Well, I've got news for you, Bob. Now, according to this Adam Schefter report, the new offensive coordinator in Seattle is going to be Ryan Grubb, who is this man's offensive coordinator. <laughs> so, this guy comes over after creating one of the most prolific offenses in football for two straight years, comes on over to Seattle, now the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator, and you can bet your bottom dollar <laughs> that there's no way Michael Penix Jr. is slipping past 16 when this offensive coordinator is sitting here in the driver's seat. That means Michael Penix Jr. is now a top 16 overall lock. This is a moon man. And the Fantasy Football Show begins right now. Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios. It's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Smitty is also live whenever news breaks. From the FantasyFootballShow.com news desk, here is your breaking news. Well, looky here, Reindeer. We're back for yet another piece of breaking news. This one about uh, Seattle Seahawks' uh, new offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb, who, like I said, came over from this absolutely prolific passing attack in Washington, led by this man in 2023. Not only reaching a national championship game, but also having one of the most prolific passing attacks in college football. The year prior, in 2022, this man, this offensive coordinator, potential mastermind, what did he do? He had the number one passing offense in the nation. I believe it was number two in scoring in the nation. He comes over and now holds the number 16 overall pick. He comes over and has decision-making power. Wrong board. There we go. Decision-making power to, or at least... He's going to nudge, right? I want my quarterback. I need a quarterback. You want me to be the offensive coordinator. And we have a coach in McDonald, defensive-minded. Do you see the pattern here? Do you see the pattern here? We've got Houston with a defensive-minded head coach, slow as offensive coordinator. You've got Dan Campbell, who's just a manager. They call CEO of the team and you've got Ben Johnson commanding things. You got Zach Robinson commanding things from an offensive perspective. You have Raheem Morris running the the team but bringing defensive mindedness to the team. You have Adam Peters designing the same thing in 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 Washington. Dan Quinn, defensive minded head coach Take, take away his defensive duties to a degree, right? He's going to help shape it, but he brings in Cliff Kingsbury. This is the same thing. This formula is being used over and over because if it's done properly, it can be magical. And this guy, Grubb, and this guy, Penix Jr., belong together in Seattle. And everybody running their mouth about Penix Jr. not getting drafted in around one, Smitty. We now know that there's probably zero chance Penix Jr. 
slips past 16 overall. In fact, wouldn't shock me if Seattle decided to trade up just to make sure they got their guy. This is fantastic news for this Moon Man extraordinaire. The Moon Man dropping loads in outer space. Now we do have. Uh, let's see here. We had we had uh, we made room for for uh, Puka Nakua. At one point, Penix Jr. was going to potentially be a Mars man, Saturn man. Um, we we nudged him over to the Moon Man list to make room, but quite honestly, I could see this being one of those things where we look back and say, "Wow, we should have kept him on one of the higher lists." But it's okay. These lists are all absolute glory you crack a saturn man list a mars man list and a moon man list you are you are making it you've gone someplace in this world those are the three most prestigious lists to get on in the history of fantasy football and michael Penix jr is on one of them the moon man dropping loads in outer space now what does that mean for all of the pieces in play right here, JSN, DK Metcalf, Kenneth Walker. It, it's fantastic news. It's Penix Jr. would open up the offense. Penix Jr. is 10 times the quarterback Geno Smith could ever be. And Penix Jr. will absolutely air it out. And like I said, number one passing attack in the nation in 2022 uh, in, uh, in Washington under Grubb. And then one of the most potent offenses in 2023 with... Penix under center from Grubb in Washington. This guy is a fantastic land, and this is the 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 rinse and repeat formula that your boy's been talking about ever since we started this carousel board. It's been offensive coordinator is the key and an absolute like gem of this this formula here, this tripod, this this trifecta, this Zach Robinson, Raheem Morris. Everyone made fun of this Raheem Morris coaching decision and it was glory it was sitting there glory in the making then you have dan quinn come over glory in the making kingsbury and dan quinn glory raheem morris and zach robinson glory mcdonald and now grub glory and you gotta do it live let's go and off he goes Wrong button. You never once in a while, in some of the most uh, uh, built-up moments here on this channel, I hit the Planet Uranusman list uh, button. That's a little too close to the mashed potato button. Oftentimes, I hit it. I just it slips. And off he goes to the planet known as Uranus. Niners, you always come. God, Niners, Niners again. You always come in with these weird, these weird comments. Penix Jr. exposed? Exposed how? In a national championship game against one of the best defenses, if not some would say the best defense in college football that made everybody mediocre? He literally exploded all year long. What are you talking about? This is the same thing that you probably say about Jalen Hurts, Niners, because you you got goggles on. This makes no sense whatsoever. Exposed? How was he exposed, Niners? How? Do tell. Do tell what absolutely uh, producing amazing numbers all year, Heisman Trophy candidate, and he has a 
what bad game in a national championship game against a tough defense where nobody was helping him out and his own receivers admitted they ran the wrong route. So Dunze was wide open and he ran the wrong route and he said the football was exactly where it was supposed to be. Uh, Dunze himself said it was not Penix Jr.'s fault. He stuck in the pocket. He kept getting hit. He got smashed into the ground. He kept getting up. Unbelievable comment, Niners. It's 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 about as is about as I don't know mundane as as any other hurts got figured out. Josh Allen got figured out, or or Lamar Jackson doesn't even deserve to be considered for the MVP uh, candidate uh, position because what? Because he lost. Like MVP shouldn't like I think CMC should have won. Okay, but you ask a diehard Niner fan. And they act like Lamar shouldn't even been in the running. It's ridiculous. Or that Josh Allen shouldn't have been in the running. It's like, you know, that Brock Purdy should have won. How's Brock Purdy going to win MVP of the league when Christian McCaffrey won Offensive Player of the Year? How are you going to win MVP when the the, the MVP's on your team? You're not going to win it. I believe Christian McCaffrey should have won. I do agree. But... It's funny, you can tell when someone's got goggles on this stick when they can't even admit that another player deserves to be in consideration like Lamar. Lamar had a fantastic year. And if you know what the, the MVP is really considered, it's not necessarily to the, the end of it all. Otherwise, they would wait till after the Super Bowl to announce who the MVP is if it considered the entire road through Super Bowl Sunday. It doesn't. It doesn't. It sucks. They should change it. I believe they should give the the total MVP at the end of the year, but I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. Um, Anyway, uh, Josh Allen deserves MVP, I think, before Lamar Jackson. I'll say that. I'll say that. 100%. I think Josh Allen deserves it before Brock Purdy deserves it. I think Josh Allen, what Josh Allen did was phenomenal. I think Christian McCaffrey deserves it above all others. That's an unbiased take. That is an unbiased, unfiltered take. CMC should have won it. Number two, probably Josh Allen. If any quarterback's going to get it, Josh Allen was the guy that deserved to get NFL MVP. What he did was fantastic. What he did was unbelievable. Marching his team back was unbelievable. And and anybody that just wants to say that Penix Jr. got figured out, Penix Jr. got figured out, how? Niners, I'm still waiting. How did he get figured out? How did he get figured out? Hurts, Allen, Lamar are elite. Don't bundle all Niner fans together. At least you admit that, Niners. At least you know Hurts is a monster. Josh Allen absolutely killed it, is right, Kevin. Purdy, game manager. No, I mean, Purdy's more than a game manager, but Purdy is not a top-five quarterback in the NFL. Purdy is playing out of his mind this year, and if you want to make an argument that Purdy played like a top-five quarterback... For the majority of the season, you have an argument to make absolutely because the numbers don't lie. But is he a top five quarterback blanket statement? No, he's not. He's not even close to being a top five quarterback in the National Football League. He had a top five season. He also fell apart in the two most recent games and almost lost the game. Then he did have a great fourth quarter. He did have good final drives and Brock Purdy actually put the team on his back for a drive in each of those games. So he did great. He did great. He got himself out of a hole that he dug. But let's not forget, Brock Purdy had two pretty bad games back-to-back 
and now walks into a, a, a situation where he's facing maybe the toughest defense. If this team leans on Christian McCaffrey, the Niners could win this game. They have to lean on Christian McCaffrey. They put it in Brock Purdy's hands. What he did in the last two games, he'll probably do again. Throw INTs, get pressured. Talk about getting figured out. I would say Brock Purdy is, in in a sense, you could say in either the position of getting slightly figured out because he's had two very bad games in a row or he's showing tenacity and and being able to shine in adversity and we'll find out and if he does win a Super Bowl and has a big hand in it there's going to be a lot of buzz about whether he is a top 6 to 10 quarterback walking into the the future sure but let's not anoint this guy a top five quarterback label from an NFL perspective. That's ridiculous. Um, Penix Jr. with the Seahawks will be fired. Texans, it's going to be phenomenal. Uh, Falcons get Russell Wilson. Maybe, uh, Kevin, that would be a, a pretty darn good potential replacement if, let's say, all goes wrong with Fields or Penix Jr. They pass on or, let's say, Seattle trades up because they're afraid someone's going to snag him and Grubb wants Penix Jr. I don't know that they'll want to wait till 16 because guess what? Penix Jr. is going to shine in his pro day in workouts. CMC MVP. Um, as I said already, Birdman, CMC. Penix Jr. with the Seahawks will be fire. Yes, he will. Oh, my Falcons. Party top 15. Sure. Uh, speaking of 49ers, uh, yeah, Juice's wife does all those jerseys. They're they're pretty cool, man. It's cool that she got a licensing deal with the NFL. Let's see here. There we go. Oh, my Falcons got to get Russell Wilson. Uh, actually, honest, I think Allen should have won it, all bets aside. I, I think Allen was fantastic. What he did was unbelievable. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you. D-Town in the house. What's up, D-Town? Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Uh, phone lines are open. Dial in. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. The uh, Niner says this chat has Smitty goggles on. No, it doesn't have Smitty goggles on. You just made a statement that Penix was figured out. And I asked you how. How? And you have you answered that yet? How has he been figured out? That's a weird statement. Niners. That's it. If you said I don't really like Penix Jr. as much as whatever, I don't I don't care. Like I'm not getting but you said Penix Jr. was figured out. I'm asking how. Because he what he played badly when his wide receivers weren't there for him in a national championship game where he made it to the game, where he looked phenomenal. Didn't he go 14 and 1, if I remember correctly? Was it 14 and 1, 14 and 2? I think it was 14 and 1. I mean, I'm just waiting for an answer on that, Niners. That's all I'm saying. You can disagree with me, and, and we don't have to agree on Penix Jr. being good. I don't care if you like him, but you said he got figured out. And I just don't want someone in the chat to read that and think that there's some legitimacy to that because there's not, Niners. There's none. Okay, dial in if anybody's got anything they'd like to talk. Niners, call in if you want. Let's talk Penix Jr. It's fine. D-Town to the moon. Matto to the moon. Does someone drop gifted memberships? Is that why someone's saying... That I got I to gotta pull this up to make sure. Let's do it live. Doing 
it live. Here we go. Seventy-five of you in here, punch the thumb up button. Phone lines are open. Do it live. Um, this doesn't answer the question, though, Niners. Just like Fields, it's never his fault. I, I, I'm still asking, how do you get figured out? That's all I'm asking. I'm not even, I'm not even mad at your answer. I just want to know what makes you think he got figured out, because he made he he succeeded all the way to the final game. Can I ask you a question? If let's say Patrick Mahomes has a bad game and the Niners shut him down, does he get? Fi- does that mean he's figured out? Does that mean Patrick Mahomes is figured out because he has a bad Super Bowl? You know, I mean, figured out would be you keep you keep screwing up and everybody your entire end of your season starts tailing off. You know, you start looking like Tua at times. That's what I'd love to hear. Is that if that's what you think has happened? Because that's not what happened at all. Uh, Fourteen and. Was it 14 and 1? I think it was 14 and 1. 14 and 1. Reaching a college football national championship game. Win or lose. That's all I'm asking. Um, Seahawks offensive line. Offense to the moon, says Beta. Yeah, this is great. Look, this is great news for Seattle. This is great news for JSN. This is great news for DK. This is great news for Kenneth Walker in the run game to be quite honest. Um, and I love I love the formula that's being used. I don't love the formula that's being used if it's not done properly, but McDonald with Grubb, Morris with Zach Robinson, Quinn with Cliff Kingsbury. I love this formula. I absolutely love the formula. What's being done here is better than bringing in just Harbaugh. Like bringing in just Harbaugh is not as good as having Grubb and McDonald, Morris and Zach Robinson, Kingsbury and Quinn. Now, maybe one of these doesn't end up being, but I'm not saying they're all going to land. I'm saying this formula is amazing. Sometimes the equation doesn't add up. Sometimes there is guesswork. We don't know fully what some of these guys will do when they get the big seat. Like that, I can't predict. Sometimes play, sometimes coaches unfold, sometimes players unfold. I mean, look at Christian Watson. Look at Jahan Dotson. These guys look like they were almost locks to do what we thought they were going to do, and they didn't. Sometimes players and coaches don't step up, but this formula is sound, and the, the offensive coordinator decisions paired with the defensive-minded coach is sound. Dan Campbell with Ben Johnson's amazing. If Ben Johnson had left, we would be worried about Dan Campbell's offense a little bit, right? This is a formula I love. And Penix Jr. paired with his OC – with McDonald and 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 the tough-minded uh, defensive type of of thinker that McDonald is, and hopefully leader of men that I think he'll be, just like Dan Quinn, just like Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris, you won't hear anybody talk up Raheem Morris as a coach than than a uh, than than a guy like Kyle Shanahan who talks up Raheem Morris. Shanahan talks up talks up Dan Quinn and Kingsbury all the time. Shanahan, of course, talks up uh, Adam Peters. GM of this Washington commander uh, uh, tripod right here. Absolute phenom of a a trio. Uh, We've got uh, Travis on the line. Travis, you're live. Thanks, Jimmy. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm especially excited for if this happened for uh, 
DK, just because I feel like he hasn't quite been unlocked all the way. I feel like he could have a monster season. And JSN, too. But um, I feel like over the last couple of years, like, um, DK hasn't quite been been able to reach his full potential with uh, Gino. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and let me just um, let me just say, though, too, like, look, Niners came in hot and said that Penix was figured out. And, and all I said was, what are you talking about? Like, what do you... Explain to me what that even means. It's okay if you don't like Penix Jr. Like, you know, someone says, like, like King Cali said, I don't like Penix Jr. Uh, either, Niners, but I don't really think he's been figured out. Like, I'm not mad at King's comment of not liking Penix Jr. I don't care. That's the funny thing. Like, Niners, what you're insinuating that everyone's got Smitty goggles on in here. It's not true. I'm arguing with people all the time. And, and it's not like it's not like everybody always agrees with what I'm saying. When Penix Jr. came out as a as a Mars man, or I slid slid him over to the Moon Man spot to to make more room. Like not everybody in here liked it. It, it was it was very I would say not well received. You don't have to have Smitty goggles. I don't want people to always necessarily agree with me. I don't want people to argue for for no for just argument's sake. That's not what I want. I want fabricated fights in here. I want authentic you know conversation, but. Just, just to like, when you say something like that, like Penix Jr. has been figured out, I'm just asking what you're talking about. I don't care if you don't like him. You could have said, I don't really like Penix Jr. I'm not going to call your comment out. I'm not going to be like, oh, you don't like Penix Jr.? You have to. You have to if you're going to be in here. I'm not saying that, bro. I'm not saying that at all. You just said he's figured out. And I'm asking how. How did he get figured out when he went 14-1? and one? How did he get figured out going 14-1? and one? He played... You could say bad in one game, but you could also say he played with grit and tenacity and that his wide receivers admitted they ran wrong routes on some of the biggest plays yeah. that would have kept this game in, in exciting and potentially close. Like That's all I'm saying is you're not giving Penix Jr. any sort of fair you know, shake here. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying I care about whether you like him or not. He also faced one of like the better college defenses we've seen in a while. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they're going to shut down quite a few college quarterbacks, you know, even good ones. And, you know, that's not to say he, he didn't have points in the game where he could have played better and stuff. But, and I mean, he, I think Niner said something about him being in the Pac, uh, Big Ten versus Pac, or getting out of the Big Ten going to the Pac-12. So it's easier and stuff like that. But it's like, I mean, you can only judge what he's done against the competition he's played against. I mean, he, he was injured all those years when he was in the Big Ten as well. So He, he went 14-1. and one. The Washington had one of the best offenses in college football. Grubb had the best offense in, or the, 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 the best passing offense in college football. All of college football in 2022 and number two in total offense, I believe. And yeah, he. I mean, he, you you don't think he wants Penix Jr. on his team? He and I'm not saying anybody in here is necessarily arguing that this this adds up seven sixteen overall if Penix Jr. does fall. But I think this news locks in Penix Jr. is going in the top sixteen. Um, Geno Smith is not somebody that that lures somebody over. Like I, I don't think he's sitting here going, "Oh, I can't wait to work with Geno and turn Geno into a monster." Geno could be his very very backup emergency things go awry plan but I have a feeling Bo Nix or Penix Jr. based on the way things are trending now one of them falls to 16 
But there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback in this range right here. This is like QB Alley right here. You've got Minnesota, as of now, needs a quarterback. Denver needs a quarterback. Las Vegas may roll with O'Connell. They're saying that, but let's be real. You know, smoke season. Uh, New Orleans, Carr will likely be there, but will they go after a quarterback? Indy obviously won't. Seattle. And then maybe a team like Pittsburgh trades up. They they, they need a quarterback. Uh, maybe Miami signs Tua to a long-term deal like it's being reported. Then they're out of it, but... Definitely a lot of opportunity Whoa. for some of these teams to to take a gamble on a Penix Jr. Uh, but but man, do you imagine Penix Jr. to DK, Penix Jr. to JSN? Oh, this is going to be one of the most exciting offenses in in the NFC. And, really, like you said, for the running running backs too, Walker and Charbonnet. It just it just opens up the offense a lot more, and and with the new coordinator too, like, like you were talking with Waldron earlier. I think I think a new coordinator is going to help over there. Uh, left out Jets and OC Aaron Rodgers this year. My team Hackett is obviously just his hype man. But two MVPs together. Love Penix, by the way. I argue constantly. It's okay, Jake, and it's not it's not bad to disagree. Like I, I that that also kind of makes me go a little, uh, I guess, a little uh, passionately wild is when someone insinuates that you have to agree with me or that Smitty gets mad when anybody doesn't disagree. Why do I have an oh if I if this is all about if you disagree with Smitty, he you know doesn't want you around like why do I have an open phone line? Like yeah, it, it, it's like it. it's crazy. and not to mention I disagree with people all the time, but when people suggest something like Penix Jr. was figured out off of one game when he went 14 and one during the season, I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. That's all. I'm just asking the question. Say you don't like him. Say you don't like him. You know? Say you don't like him, but don't say you got figured out. Or, or yeah, you're going to have me ask you, what are you talking about? Uh, Penix, this, uh, Penix, year one will not be anywhere near Geno. We'll see, Trey Trey. We'll see. We got the nine, the Niner band together <laughs> against against a, a, a division rival. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder how much of that has to do with that. Are you going drafting tonight? I don't. I don't know if we're going to draft tonight. I, I'm not sure if we're going to draft tonight. Penix to Atlanta wouldn't bring. I love Penix to Atlanta. If Penix Jr. Yeah. goes to Atlanta, that's fantastic. I mean. I'll be bummed for this situation, but I'm more worried about Atlanta than I'm worried about Seattle. Like we've seen, we've seen Seattle survive with Geno. Geno's not bad. Geno's not Ritter. Geno's okay. Geno could be top twelve, you know, producing. Yeah, especially when he's healthy. Yeah, yeah, especially with so, Grub. Like Grub. The Cowboys this year, when he was healthy, he can grow. Especially with Grub. You know, if Geno gets Grub, and that, right. that's what that's what they end up with. Like I'm not that disappointed because we know that Dino's able to deliver he's kind of like uh I don't know what is he so you know obviously he's not Ritter he's he's like he's not Stafford but he's like definitely more closer to a Stafford than he is a Ritter you know he's just he's he's not he's not Stafford he's far from it but that's the that's the way Russell Wilson are kind him and Russell Wilson are kind of similar now yeah kind of put them on the same tier I think 
Yeah, but but Atlanta Atlanta's got nobody. At least Seattle's got Geno, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I'd rather Seattle keep Geno and Atlanta get Penix Jr. than Atlanta keep Ritter or go uh, go Jimmy G shopping or something. Then I'm gonna lose it. Like give me Geno here, Penix Jr. and Atlanta. I'm fine with that. But you know, I do believe that Penix Jr. would have to have, and he could a magnificent, unbelievable workout pro day. Etc. Which he could, and I, I predict him too. And then he climbs up the board. This also presents a competition threat, where teams are saying, "Okay, Penix Jr. is now no longer falling to round two. And competition yeah. breeds, you know, crazy reactions. So uh, th- this is where this right here, being being the last team in the in the first half of the first round, being the last team willing to grab him, probably in in the top sixteen. That presents a problem for all these teams that think, okay, he slides to my pick before Seattle gets up again. So it'll be interesting what that what that triggers. Um, it'll be interesting. And 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 you got th- this news here we talked about earlier today, where uh, DSN when talked about Shane Waldron, uh, he totally just crapped on him. You know, just said, uh, "How do you feel about Shane Waldron? Uh, 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 are we live?" Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm just playing. I mean, he's a good person. (laughs) And then he went on to say nicer things, of course, but that was his initial reaction. And so uh, we're talking earlier about that, that Chicago's in trouble. And this wasn't just because of what he said. I feel that way. Waldron's not anything proven whatsoever. Uh, And I I don't like what Waldron did. I love that Grubb comes over and brings aggressiveness to this to this offense and probably brings that I want to go get my quarterback. Just like everybody everybody here that's um that's that's a new offensive coordinator. Like what's the common theme here? Uh a new coach and new offensive coordinator. I get to go get my quarterback. I get to go get my quarterback. I get to go get my quarterback. And then Washington, I get to go. Seattle, yeah, Seattle defensive head coach, offensive coordinator. I get to go get my quarterback. Defensive head coach, offensive coordinator in Atlanta. I want to go get my quarterback. Same thing. It's the same formula across the board. And if you have the right OC in place, the only negative here is that these OCs, if they do such a bang up job, they're getting head coaching jobs the next year. That's the only problem. So it could be. It could be bad. It could be bad. But if they do a good, if they do a good job, at, at least like, like in Seattle, for example, uh, addicted to Hawks. I'm, I'm assuming he's a Seattle fan. Seahawks. I'm guessing. He said, Pete Carroll wouldn't let Waldron call slants and crossers to DK except two minute drills in the fourth quarter. So if that's true, I'm, I'm guessing he probably knows what he's talking about. You know, Grub is gonna be feeding the ball to these guys more and once you unlock someone it's, I mean I know an offense coordinator can come in and ruin it but the chances once a guy gets unlocked that he someone comes in and ruins it is a lot less likely than someone who just never breaks out. Hit that subscribe button if you're new and yeah. like your feet at the door. Hit that thumb up button if you guys could but but the other thing I wanted to say real quick is that so as I said earlier you've got Waldron, Shane Waldron in Chicago just like the worst offensive coordinator move I think made so far because he doesn't have the track record. He, 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 
they don't want they don't want him back in Seattle. Like right, so it's like it's like he goes becomes an uh, an OC in Chicago, where they have they have turnover, and they have a new QB probably coming in because I think Chicago shots the bed. It doesn't bring Fields back. The only move to make, and I've said this all week, I'll continue to say it. I'm sorry if I'm beating a dead horse. Horse, I'll try and say it differently and create new content around it. Don't worry. It's not going to just be the same regurgitated lines the entire time. There's going to be different angles to it, different news to it. But Chicago, if Ryan Poles is for real, then he better absolutely keep Fields and draft Marvin Harrison Jr. That's the only move. That's the only move. If Ryan Poles doesn't do that, he's he doesn't know what he's doing. Because Caleb's got so many weaknesses, and you pair him with Waldron, this is not the move. This is destined, this is a destined to fail type scenario. And I want nothing to do with Caleb. Now, Caleb could prove me wrong. And 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 I'd be I'll be willing to admit I'm wrong, but all these things together don't feel like they're secure. And, and a, a place where Caleb can grow. Waldron, I don't believe, is that guy where he's going to go and just create something. Um, if he gets Caleb, I don't like it. I, I, I And that's probably where I want Caleb to go because Caleb is not my favorite quarterback in this draft class. JD5 is. I don't want JD5 anywhere near Waldron. I don't want JD5 anywhere near Chicago where they mismanaged fields so badly and Getsy who did that, had a big hand in that, went to Las Vegas. We don't want Fields there, nor do we think Fields will go there. Why would they pair the two back up? But Washington getting JD5, smash. Washington trading for Fields, smash. New England getting JD5, smash. New England getting uh, uh, Fields, smash. Atlanta getting JD5 would be amazing, but he won't fall that far, but they could trade up. Atlanta trading for Fields, smash. Minnesota getting any of those top guys or especially trading for fields smash. Absolute smash. Did you see did you see what DJ Moore was saying? He, I think he's starting to get worried. He was saying uh, he wants Justin Fields as his quarterback and he said, I would I'd stick with Justin and then trade back. I love Marvin Harrison Jr. So he, he wants Fields there. Obviously Fields is great with him. But, you know, just to hear it from someone on the field with them, which always isn't the best case. I understand these players can be a little wacky, but to hear it from a guy like DJ Moore, who doesn't say much, is out there saying he wants Justin Fields, he wants Marvin Harrison, he wants them to build something around that. Yeah, Bob says New York Giants need a QB2, yet too bad they're not going to get one, though, Bob, because Danny yeah. Dimes' contract is not suited for yeah. drafting a QB in the top 10. It would be smart of them to do it. I mean, anything can happen, and should they do it, yeah, but Giants are not taking a QB. They just signed Danny Dimes to a monster deal. And it's got like, I want to say I'm not 100% on this. I believe it's a $69 million dead cap. Like, there's, there's there's just nothing. Unfortunately, the Giants lose Barkley. They're a four win team or less. The Giants are going to be. I'm sorry, Bob. Put your earmuffs on, Bob. The 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 Giants are going to be one of the worst teams in the National Football League in 2024. They, they're they're going to be awful. They may have to. They may have to eat that out 
in like after 2025 or whatever it is. Well, you it just changes. Go to the yeah. bottom of the league. It changes. Yeah, let me get Danny Dimes. Uh, Daniel Jones contract. I, it's definitely better the next year. There's, there's, there's even I believe an out. If I remember correctly, there's an out the next year. It's, te- it's team friendly yeah. for 2025. Oh, next year, okay. Yeah, it's team friendly okay. for 2025. Think, so they, they they become the worst team in the league this year, or one of them. Right. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, Bob. Bob, keep your earmuffs. Bob, I didn't say take your earmuffs off. You keep those earmuffs on until until I give you the 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 nod. Okay, keep them on, bro. Oh, this is gonna be a painful two or three minute conversation for you. Uh, Danny Dimes. Let's see if I'm correct on the dead cap. The dead cap is awful. I'm exactly correct. Sixty nine point yeah. three yep. million dollar dead cap, and then right Ooh. right after that 2024 line. There's a potential out 2025. Uh, dead cap is only 22 mil. 22 million ain't bad when you can divide it into two years, depending on when you release a player, uh, right in free agency time frame. If you wait until a certain date, you can you can either take the money all in one lump sum. Let's say you're the let's say you're you're rebuilding, right? You're gonna want to take all that hit in one year. That way, the next year when you have a little bit better chance of doing things, you have more money. Or if you're in like win now mode, like let's say you're the Green Bay Packers and you've got to make some sort of cut, you would definitely want to divide up a big hit into two pieces so it doesn't hamper either year. Uh, Danny Dimes, that $22 million, they can they can divide that into two years if they want to. But $22 million is very, very manageable if they cut him after this year. Um, but his $69 million dead cap means that he's he's your quarterback. Like you might... DeVito and him together, who knows how it works, but he's your quarterback. This is going to be a very painful year. Okay, Bob, you can go ahead and take the earmuffs off, pal. We're just talking about how 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 excited we are about the two-quarterback option you might be running this year. Um, the last 15 years have been painful for us Giants fans. I know who's your, I'm sorry, bro. I'm speaking fact. I'm not. I'm not trying to insult you or say I don't love the fan base. The fan bases are always welcome here. I, sometimes when I'm critical of a team, I'm not I'm not critical years, of the fan don't base. They, don't they have, they have, two, they have a couple uh, 2011 they won a championship. I know it's, well, I guess it is going on. You, you, know, you know what the only good thing about the, the Giants being awful for two straight years probably is that, that maybe Dable gets to go somewhere and develop a different right. system. Because yeah. I think Dabo's wasting away. I agree, Jake. So although he, he Bears, must have thought he could, he must have thought he could change Danny Jones. I guess. As a Cowboys fan, I'm happy Giants have Danny Dimes. I bet you are, TM. TM, where you been, by the way? Uh, yeah. Anybody else di- dial in if you guys want to talk about this uh, situation? But again, I was going to go on the Dynasty channel, but I want I want to make one thing abundantly clear. The main channel takes priority over everything. It takes priority over Rumble. It takes priority over the Dynasty channel. It takes priority over everything. So if news breaks and I was supposed to go live on something, then it might kick one of the other shows, uh, move it to the next day. But this was breaking news um, that I felt had to get out there. It, it wasn't. It was pretty fresh, about an hour, less than an hour old. I tried to make it my way into the studio, fire it up, turn all the lights on. And to get all the graphics ready, do it all. Sometimes I can go live with it about five, six minutes of a, of a piece of breaking news that's this impacting. And this is impacting because it's it, it, it creates a lot of movement in the NFL draft top 16. It, and it also is going to solve one of these major uh, wide receiver problems 
you know, where wide receivers are not getting the football. Atlanta, Drake London could be a monster if he just gets fed oh, the football. Yeah. Uh, DK, DK, and uh, and JSN. I mean, they just they just need you. You put Grub with a QB he knows, especially, and they start being very potent. It doesn't matter even if they win games necessarily. Of course, you don't want someone to get fired that's going to produce a good fantasy football offense. You want them to have success so that 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 coordinator and that team stays together and produces for years and years. But like, you're not worried necessarily about Seattle winning a Super Bowl next year or making it a deep playoff run. You just want a lot of yardage. You want an offense that's going to open up. And it felt like Pete Carroll, to a degree, ran kind of like a, like a, like a, I don't want to say a Harbaugh type attack, but like what Harbaugh is going to do to the Chargers kind of water down some of the ability to score fantasy points because he wants ball control and all that. I felt like Seattle was, was capping a lot of their potential for these guys. Like they're just like Kenneth Walker. He would do so well per touch. In the beginning of the year, he's scoring touchdowns, but he didn't get the carries. And that's why in the middle of the year, I'm like, I just feel a little bit worried about Kenneth Walker, guys. Remember when I did a couple live streams in a row on that? Because it didn't feel like they were going to feed him. You know, he wasn't getting the touches. And, and he deserves to be thrown the football. He deserves to catch more footballs. Kenneth Walker has the making of one of the best pass-catching running backs in the National Football League. Kenneth Walker could be the third, second, fifth best receiving back in the National Football League. It doesn't matter if he's doing it. I'm telling you what I think he could be if you threw the ball to him. His ability in open spaces is better than anybody in the National Football League. He's the number one running back in the National Football League in changing directions, going north, south, east, and west all at the same time, like figuring in one run. This guy can, it's like Forrest Gump straight across the field. This guy can go all different directions. He doesn't just north-south run. He, he, he does everything. And that type of player in a passing situation, in a receiving situation, has the most upside out of anybody. The way he, he's a magnet to open space. If anybody remembers why I even started the Moon Men, the Mars Men, the Space Men, it was Kenneth Walker. It was Kenneth Walker and it was, um, it was Kenneth Walker and Briggs Hall. And it was all about oh. these guys are going to outer space. They're, these guys are spacemen. They're amazing in open space. That's where it all started. Is Kenneth Walker in open space. He's a spaceman. He's absolutely great in open space. He can he can navigate open space like nobody. And then we started kicking it. And then all of a sudden it started evolving. And also now we're now we got three different planets. <laughs> now we're we're going crazy with it. Uh, but man, I, I I really hope I really hope this happens. I really love the Grubs there. And like I said, worst case scenario, guys, Grub with Gino will be good. It may not be as good. And even if, let's say, Panix Jr. fails, your your fallback, your fallback is Gino. Like, Gino becomes one of the best backups in the National Football League. Just like Sam Howell is not what we really want, but Sam Howell is going to become one of the best backups in the National Football League. The Washington Commanders can win games with Sam Howell for four games if they need to. They can win two or three of those four games. Uh, Geno Smith will be one of the best backups in the National Football League because he arguably could be, in this offense, I believe a top 12 quarterback. Um, all right, hey, Ron Navy's on the line. Ron Navy, you're live. What's up, Ron? Hey, what's up? What you got for us tonight? Stop being so... 
Stop being so mean to the fan bases, dude. I'm not being mean to the fan base. I'm just messing with you. Oh. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, being, I'm, being, I'm being real with a take that says that somebody's been figured out when they haven't been figured out. That's all. I'm not mad at... I'm not mad at Niners. I haven't said anything about Niners himself. So you expect uh, Pennix Jr. to go to Seattle and start right away? Uh, if yeah, with Grub there, absolutely. That's his boy. That's like Caleb going. That's like Caleb going to Washington. I don't want him to go to Washington. I hope that the Kingsbury isn't allowed to have Caleb. I don't want. I think he'd do the best with with Kingsbury. If Caleb does go to Washington, I could see him. You could see me talking him up way more than I am now. I'll still be apprehensive, but that would be the best match. And situation is king, and situation changes so many things. So Caleb with Kingsbury, I feel more confident about. Caleb in Chicago with Waldron, I think is a disaster waiting to happen. Um, do I think that that Kingsbury would start him right away? Absolutely. Do I think Chicago is going to draft him to bench him? Zero percent chance. Do I think that Penix Jr. with his former OC gets to start? Absolutely. Do I think JD5 starts in Washington? I mean, maybe they start how for... I don't think... I think JD5 starts. I don't think... I Like, we've had this argument before, Ron. I don't think... I think in today's NFL, if you draft a guy inside the top 10 or even remotely close to the top 10, you start him. It's just the 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 college game translates over to the NFL game so much differently than it used to, and and you're just setting your player back. You they're not, in my opinion, you could use Jordan Love and Mahomes as examples or whatever. I'm not saying that these players didn't do well, but you have there's no ability to argue that they wouldn't have done well walking straight in as well. Like we have no idea how good Mahomes would have been walking straight in. I think he would have been fine. He didn't read defenses that even that first year he played. He didn't read defenses till the next year, sophomore or his third year, his second starting year. Um, I think Penix Jr. I think you know may, maybe even Bo Nix. It depends where they go. If there's a competent quarterback ahead of them, and you could say Geno is. That's why there, there maybe there's a world where Geno starts off, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I think if Grubb drafts Penix Jr., he's putting his guy in. Like, this is his guy. Okay. Yes, TM, I'll be live during the Super Bowl. Yeah. I just think to... that you got... Uh, you have to really show he's not ready. I think that you you, you got uh, everything already in uh, Seattle. You got a quarterback there. I don't know. For me, I'd just let Penix. I wouldn't start him right away. I know you wouldn't. I see how. I well, I see how the season goes, and if uh, they're doing good or whatever, keep the course and let Penix Jr. kind of ease his way in uh, that first year, and then start him the second year. I know uh, that's I know yeah, that's what you would do. I know that's what you would do, but uh, we yeah, dis we completely horrible. disagree on whether rookie should start. Rookie should start from day one, in my opinion. I just think there's yeah, if you if you're drafting really if you're drafting a guy, you're saying we need this guy that bad. You might as well get the ball rolling. There's almost zero development I mean, from the bench anymore. Well, you're, you need it, but 
Do you need it right now or do you need it for the future? Because there's a lot of quarterbacks that get drafted high in number one, first round or whatever, that they're drafting them for the future, not necessarily to start them right away. So, Herbert, I mean, Herbert, was the plan was to sit Herbert, but he went in right away, and that was the right move. Burrow, um, you know, we have we have tons of examples. You got AR5, you got great examples. Stroud. You got great examples on both sides. But not, sure. not, not in recent year, example. though, Ron. You, all the examples you have are from Mahomes. Like, Jordan Love was drafted so long ago that that doesn't necessarily count either because it was such a long time ago. Not to mention, again... In those examples, you have no proof that those guys wouldn't have flourished right away. You have examples like Trey Lance where they get ruined because they don't get played. Uh, look, we went over this before. It's fine. I, I 100% disagree, and you can disagree with it too, but no way, shape, or form am I drafting a guy in the top even 16 and not starting him right away because that's obviously a need. And I, I do think Geno is the one quarterback where he does have the ability to maybe you know, go in for a, a half a season and it's not the end of the world in terms of, but I think there's zero development from the bench anymore. I, I, I would I will much rather have someone go learn, especially with the offenses translating so seamlessly now a days. It's so, it's so different. It's so different. Um, I think uh, like JD five, I don't want him sitting. I want him in there learning, you know, and, and, and when you use all the recent examples, Look at the top, like, 10 quarterbacks right now. You know, Burrow came straight in. Herbert, like I said, for the most part, you could look at, went straight in. They, their plan was not to, but Herbert went straight in. Um, Stroud, AR5, those are four. We've got about five of the top 10 quarterbacks that went straight in that are currently in the top 10 quarterbacks. So, yeah, you got Young that went in at number one, and look at him. Who? And he had who? Nothing around him more. Bryce Young. Bryce Who? Young. Oh, Bryce Young? Yeah, but Bryce Young, would he have yeah, failed he anyway? Did. Would he have failed anyway? I don't think so. I don't think so. To, to me, to I mean, me with, you, I think the biggest can, point is... I test, you, you, you thought he was better than Stroud. I mean... Yeah, but, but, Ron, but Ron, things change. I don't know that he would have done as well. Like I've already okay. said, if you, if you swap them, if you swap them... I think Stroud would have struggled tremendously, but he Some still would have been better. But but Carolina's bad. Some, Carolina's a bad spot, like for sure. I'm totally dismissing what you're saying. Some quarterbacks thrive being put in right away. Some of them can handle it. Some of them can't handle it, but if they sit a year or two, they turn out being like Love, who actually will probably continue to get better and be a great quarterback. That's, that's the only yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there are there are some scenarios where, like I said, I, I but the problem is any quarterback that went to Carolina could have failed. Unfortunately, that's just a very bad spot. It, it's a very, very bad spot. But Good, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, we were big. We were big last year on uh, on the quarterback for the Texans last year, and what was his name? Do we even remember his name? Mills? Yeah, Mills. We thought he was, but he wasn't. They started him right. Yeah, but now, but, but, but again, I don't. I, I, 
Okay, anyway, neither here nor there. We disagree. That's, that's fine. We, we, we disagree on this topic for sure. But but they be good. Uh, but anyway. Like if, uh, if Bryce went to Texas, would he be good? If Bryce what? If Bryce went to Texas instead of Carolina, would Bryce be this year? I feel like we're repeating a lot of things. I already said this. I already said if you put Stroud in Carolina, we I don't think we'd even be talking about him right now. I think we'd be saying the same. Like, we'd be saying a lot better things about him than we are Bryce no, Young. Yeah. Okay, I know. And then I said if, if we switched it, Bryce Young wouldn't have been as good as Stroud. I don't think so. I've already told you that. Stroud Stroud developed in insane ways that that, you know, in retrospect there's no way I would go back on that and say that. But Bryce Young would have looked much better. He would have looked much better. And huh? Just having a conversation. No, I know. Having a conversation. Um, Young is Spud Webb without the muscles. That's true, Bob. That's true. Bryce will be good, says Josh. I don't know. We'll see. I don't want. I don't want to write Bryce Young off yet, but he has no no offense. It's 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 really really kind of sad. Um, but it's fortunate that Stroud went to the place he went, and Young went to the place he went because because the better quarterback got the better offense, which is fantastic. Um, Stroud turned into a, a turned the crappy Texans around. They're not crappy, bro. The Texans had a lot of upside from GM moves straight down to coaching. They had an awesome um, they, they like the Texans were were the easiest team to see coming. They just needed the quarterback. They needed the quarterback. Everything else was in place, and they even kind of failed at running back, but made do and turned Singletary into a really good player. But Pierce was this high. Uh, awesome prospect coming into his second year um, and his rookie year, and he kind of just crapped the bed. Imagine when they bring Barkley in. But I would, I, 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 I definitely feel like the Texans had a lot going on for him. Um, they were really, really good. But Stroud, Stroud put him over the top. What? I think Singletary. I think Singletary was the result of what Buffalo's always done, and they've always crapped their running backs. They've always. Yeah, Singletary's good. Singletary and, uh, and Bryce played well. Scott is really good. He played but very he wasn't well. Good with the Bills because have the opportunity. They're gonna bring. They're probably gonna bring Barkley in. Um, that's my guess, and I think Barkley is going to absolutely thrive. I think if they bring Singletary back, he'll still play very well. So either way, their run game will be good. I think Singletary deserves a, a look from somebody, but I think the Texans will say, "What are we missing? We love Singletary. Maybe they bring him back as well." Uh, but but good God, you 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 put Barkley on this offense and it's gonna be unbelievable. It's gonna be magical. What if Barkley goes to Dallas? I I know you got Henry going there, but what if what if Jones and I wouldn't put it past him? What if he's like pulls out his pocketbook and gives Barkley a huge sum of money like he needs, and Barkley ends up on the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean Barkley's for sure. Those are the four. Like if I pull up the Barkley board. It's these four spots, really. It's Houston, it's L.A., it's Dallas, it's Baltimore. But I think I think Henry's in Dallas. That's just my gut. And, and there's a lot of buzz behind it, too, that's building now, so it all kind of feels like it's lining up. Henry, probably the Dallas. Barkley feels like the, the, the rumors and the, the vibe and the buzz seems to be pointing toward Houston and L.A. It's smoke season. Anything could get flipped upside down at any moment. 
but it's but Baltimore with uh, Jacobs feels likely. Like if I'm predicting landing spots, I'd say any any of these could be flipped upside down. Jacobs to Baltimore. Henry. I'm thinking Rams, and I'm like, the Rams don't need them. They got they got Williams, and I know you mean the Chargers now because I'm still not used to yeah L.A. Chargers. (laughs) My prediction is Henry to Dallas, Jacobs to Baltimore, Barkley to Houston, Corum to Chargers. But I mean, Barkley could go to to L.A. and play for the Chargers, and then they also draft Corum. I just don't like that situation. I think that it's going to look great, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if LA is going to be the best place. I feel like where it's a trap. I don't think it's 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 a good place if they were to run one RB. But I think Harbaugh runs two RBs, and I think no matter what he who he signs, he drafts Quorum still. If Quorum's there, he'll take him, no matter if Barkley's on a roster or not. And we don't want that. We want we want Barkley in Houston, where we saw Singletary thrive. Imagine if Barkley was able to get those carries. Barkley's. You know, he's injury prone, and I do worry about that. But, man, Houston, he lighted up. And Henry, Henry's got a real shot at doing one more year of damage. I don't know that he stays healthy the whole entire time. I think this is one of those things where he's elite per game, but then misses five games or something. But Derrick Henry in Dallas is the one place where I say to myself, I, and I don't think he'll be in the fourth round anymore. Right now, an underdog, he's in the fourth round. I absolutely love Derrick Henry in the fourth round. Uh, on underdog, but if he lands in Dallas officially, I very much think he'll climb into round three, probably a lot higher than that. I wouldn't be surprised if it was two point ten. You know, Derrick Henry in Dallas is going to be everybody. Everybody's going to be all over it. Uh, Jacobs, yeah, we'll see where Jacobs goes. But anyways, um, yeah. So this news is crazy. This news is it is it, it, definitely definitely solid, no matter what. Again, worst case scenario, Penix Jr. doesn't go. Or land land in Seattle, and let's say he gets taken earlier. Um, let's say Las Vegas takes him, whatever. Then Seattle, Denver. yeah, Denver. I mean, Seattle, Las Vegas is said they're keeping O'Connell. We'll see what happens. But if, if let's say Seattle misses out on the Penix Jr. sweepstakes, Geno is still a top 12, 14 quarterback, especially in this offense that's about to be deployed. So everything's still good. I don't think we have to wait on pins and needles for a Seattle quarterback. It's great, regardless. I mean, it's going to be fantastic. Can Seattle move up? They could. I mean, if they're if Do they're they going to move to if they're going to move up for Penix Jr. Uh, can I do drafts? Yeah, Jake. If you signed up under Underdog, yeah. When we do drafts, we'll. What, Ron? The Jets. The Jets could be looking at one of these guys too. Because I mean, Aaron Rodgers is only going to play a couple of years, and they've had enough of of uh, Wilson. So yeah, they they could be hitting hitting the quarterback also for the future. Yeah, I've I've definitely talked about how Penix Jr. to New York would be fantastic, and if 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 his value did fall to the second round, like I've said on about five different shows, I I would sit down and go Aaron Rodgers look. We need you to get on board with this. We need you to groom him. You're not going to be here forever. He's fallen into the second round. He won't now. I'm just saying when we had different live streams talking about it. Because no one wants the Jets to take. They have too many other holes, and they're banking on A-Rod. They've got to win, so they're not going to spend this pick on it. They could trade down and take a quarterback with something else, but they're not spending this pick on a quarterback. But they ne- they needed to look at it if Penix Jr. or Bo Nix fell to him in the second round, which is some people are saying is going to happen, which I don't think will happen. 
But if it did, that was the move. And you just tell them, hey, you know. Uh, yeah, because all these, all these teams up top, they're all, they're all needing quarterbacks except for the Chargers. Um, yeah, but the the, char, the charger the Chargers, man, do don't. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but don't put it past, don't put it past Harbaugh to trade Har, uh, to trade Herbert to draft JJ McCarthy. That. I'm not saying it's likely, but like it's certainly not impossible. The way he lo- the way he loves this McCarthy kid, and the way he talks about him, and and again, I know somebody's made a point. Well, they probably brought him in and said, "Hey, you need to fix Herbert," but he probably to turn down that Michigan offer that was the offer of a lifetime. He probably said, "I get to do whatever I want, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever I want. Yeah. If I want a clean house, I get the clean house. Are you giving me, you know, carte blanche or whatever? That that that's what I he mean, got." Someone could make an offer on Herbert, thinking thinking he might, you know, and I could tempt him. Uh huh. Absolutely. If I needed a quarterback, well, I'd, I'd be poking around at Herbert. I'd take Herbert on the Steelers. You know, Herbert Herbert in in Minnesota. If something wild happened like that, Herbert would go to Minnesota. That's my prediction. If, if something wild happened, that'd be a good spot. And and when you think about Did it, you... the eleven overall pick, let's say. Herbert went to Minnesota for the 11 pick. The Chargers could take, um, well, yeah, they, they would they would get McCar- they would get McCarthy here, and they'd probably get like a Dunze. Oh, Chargers, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and like if you believed in McCarthy, and I don't, he was on one of the most bland passing attacks in the nation. Just one of the best teams because yeah. they're. They're Harbaugh solid. Their defense, their 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 balance, their 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 you know gridiron football team. That's why I'm not excited about the Chargers that much from a fantasy perspective. Maybe the run game. If Barkley went to L.A. and they didn't bring anybody else in like Corum, I'm going to be excited about the run. But that's it. I'm not super excited about Keenan Allen. I'm not super excited about Quentin Johnson. I'm not super excited about anybody. I I think it's going to be very very bland. For the most part, hard-nosed football. Um, but man, can you imagine? I mean, if they did have the eleven and the five, they could, and they probably wouldn't even use this on a Dunze. They probably wouldn't. I mean, they got Allen, they got Mike Williams. They probably would say, "Let's fix some other pieces." I don't know. Did, it, you, it, did you hear that Baker got caught on the hot hot mic thing? He wants to stay there in Tampa. Yeah, um, and, and that was kind of already known anyway. Because when you think about it from Baker's perspective, it's like this is the team that gave him a shot, and he feels like loved there. You know, he wants to stay, but he's—I think—part of his um, negotiation is going to be to bring Mike Williams or Mike Evans back. Mike Evans has to return, I think, for him to get to sign along. Like that's going to be what he's going to say, and I think Mike Evans is going to want to come back. So at the end of the day. I think this isn't a situation where Mike Evans, or he gets franchise tagged and he's okay with that because this is his last year or something. He's like, just give me the franchise tag. I'm fine with it. Like, I don't know how it's going to fully play out. I'm sure he wants a long-term deal just to get big, a big bag. Um, or he gets an adjusted one-year deal on top of that franchise tag just to hold him in place. Or they franchise tag Baker and negotiate a long-term deal and he's okay with that. But, but yeah, I mean, I think Evans does stay. I don't think Evans is going to enter the... 
the the free agent space really i don't i think he's gonna be i think he's gonna want to be there i i think that now that he's got first year with the bucks underneath him i think uh well i mean we saw it this year with baker right we saw him uh, uh kate otten um started started uh being utilized more he started being more productive uh baker loves kate otten he targets him uh more than brady did um, and, 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 uh, the running game, the running game is, I mean, this is, I, I just think everything's going to be better next year for Tampa Bay overall. It might be. Um, I also worry a little bit about Baker, <laughs> you know, like he's had a couple times where you thought he was going to get rejuvenated, you know, this isn't the first time that he's had a spike. This is a very long spike, but. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I still worry that it will be a long-term spike. I don't know. In, in play. He got him in the playoffs. I know. Good, so yeah, I know. That moment's not back. So, I mean, I think, I, I, yeah, I think Baker found his home. and I, He did. Yeah. He did. He feels loved. He feels supported. Yeah. The last place he wants to go is somewhere where he's on a short leash. He's not on a short leash there. They want him. They love him. They love him. So he's, he's, he's definitely staying. Yeah, he's, definitely, he's, been on a short lease he's definitely staying. I just don't know that I trust him. <laughs> I just can't help it. It's like I said, this is a lot. He's had spikes where you're like, oh crap, how did he do that? You know, how did he bounce? Look, he, maybe he's not that. Oh yeah, never mind. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, when he when when Cleveland when Cleveland drafted him, he came in the rookie, and you know he had a lot of moxie. He's still got moxie. He's still got a lot of moxie, but he. It worked to his disadvantage. I mean, he was doing all those commercials and everything else, and it yeah, yeah. But even, but even him. in LA, though, like what I'm saying is like he's got he's moved around, right? He went when he went to LA. It was like everybody said, "Oh my God!" Remember, he came in, didn't even like know the playbook, led him to a unbelievable finish in a game, and I was like, "Oh my God!" Like Baker actually had, and then it, he fell flat again. I'm just saying, it's, the trust with Baker's it's not there yet. Um, not to mention that no one's going to start him in fantasy. It's more about can he support what's there? Can he keep? Because the the whole fear with uh, Rashad White walking into 2023 was would the offense crumble, collapse, and not allow Rashad White to get any room, any footballs caught? But obviously Baker was great, you know, for the most part. So if Baker does maintain the same level of play, stays healthy, uh, you know, gets them competitive, even if they miss the playoffs, but they almost make it, then Rashad White's fine. Uh, Mike Evans will be fine for one more year. He's kind of teeter-tottering on drop-off anyway. So Mike Evans is, you know, let's just keep him where he is. He doesn't need to go learn a new offense, struggle for a year, and then be washed up. Um, I know a couple people said they would want to see Mike Evans in another situation. Um, not all wide receivers that change teams do bad, but it's, it's traditionally, historically, statistically, um, not a good advantage moving teams for a wide receiver. It is a lot of complexities to playbooks, learning the offense, driving rapport with quarterbacks rapport with you know the system being plugged in is really hard and difficult so the last thing you want is for a player that has maybe the one year left of a thousand yard season like he's done it so many years in a row it's hard to even expect it but if 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 evans could produce one more thousand yard season 10 tds it is probably one more and then you want him to just you know be in the same spot let's keep it everything the same so I get people want to see him elsewhere, but I don't think you'd have the same success. I think it would be 
a lot harder for him to to carve out what he's already got carved out right now. And plus, they got a couple of young receivers with a lot of potential on there that they're grooming, also. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, anyway, um, I'm not going to be here too much longer. I just want to get on here. Um, we could do a draft real quick if you guys want to. I don't know if I'm going to finish the draft. I'll finish it offline, but we'll start it at the very least. So, uh, everybody, go on over to Underdog Fantasy promo code Smitty. Uh, the link I'm going to paste in the live chat right now. If anybody would like to join and do a draft with me, hit right now this link right here. I'm going to pin that link in the live chat right this very second. And we're going to jump into a draft right now. Um, I'm going to give you guys time to sign up real quickly. So that link I just dropped. Um, also, do not forget, guys, do not forget anybody with an underdog account. Anybody. That means you that, do, that does not have an underdog account right now. Click the link. It's a $10 minimum, but I believe, I'm not 100%, but I believe you don't even necessarily have to make your deposit yet. Just get your account signed up in time and everything. If you're going to draft later with it, but you want to just, just grab your account, hit the link. Grab your account now and and sign up so that you are eligible for about a million, $1 million is being given away in different increments. I believe in hundreds deposited into random underdog accounts. They're calling it airdropping a million dollars to anybody qualified with an underdog account is qualified. Um, so you'll be sitting there during the big game randomly. They're dropping a hundred here, hundred, 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 up to a million, a million dollars being dropped to underdog accounts at random deposited straight into your underdog account. I also like this higher on Kittle 47.5. I also like this higher on uh, Pacheco 69.5. If you're also new, they give you this special here, Patrick Mahomes. If you're new, this will be available to you. If you click that link and you're new, uh, you can claim this, this big game special, Patrick Mahomes. All you have to do is get one total yard and you hit that higher automatically. I think you're also entered into this uh, win up to 100 times your money during the big game. Uh, also, if you're in Alabama, Colorado, Mississippi, Missouri, Tennessee, West Virginia, Wyoming, they now have a Pick'em champion uh, uh, for you guys to join. So check that out. Uh, we're getting into an underdog draft right this very second. So please click the link. I pinned it in the live chat. It's in the description of every video. And Code Smitty does the same thing. Let me let me pull this up real quick. Hold on, guys. Let's see here. You still going to the house Sunday? Yeah, I'll be over at uh, celebrating with the underdog boys. Um, all right, hold on one second, guys. Let me hold. On, let me pull this up one second. We're gonna get into a. Big board, $10. Ah, uh, is it not going to let me show it? Hold on. Gosh, dang it. I can't, I can't even do it. Let me, let me see if I can restart my phone and it will, it will allow me to potentially get in. It's usually my system. Stupid thing. I have too many moving parts to everything I do. And so nothing... Everything needs to be restarted or reset like every 12 hours. Uh, how do I get in? Just click the, click, make sure you're on underdog. We're going to all jump into the big board together. I'm going to tell you when. Let me just restart my phone. Hopefully it'll allow me to, to connect it. If not, I wonder if I can get in one second. 
Let's see if I can get it on my iPad. Then. Won't let me get in. We'll have to do it another night. We'll do it. To, we'll do it uh, tomorrow. Day, tomorrow evening, walking into the the big game eve. So I'll, I'll jump in one right now. I can't guarantee we'll all get into the same one. But if you click on drafts and you go to the little or the big board, click that, and I'll jump in one right now. Right now. So click. The big board, which is one of the last cards. Click the green button now. I'm going to wait 10 seconds because of the YouTube delay. And I will jump into one. We might not all get in because there's a lot of people drafting right now. So they fill up quickly. But this is how you get into a draft together. We click it at the same time. Big board. Do it live. Jake. Let's get into one together. Hit the button. I don't know if you're in mine. Hopefully you are. If not, then draft alongside me tonight. Uh, anything else, Ron and Travis? And we'll draft tomorrow night. I got to restart my computer though, and I can't do that live, unfortunately. Anything else, Travis? Anything else, Ron? Um, no, I was no. going to say, uh, any any clue where Ridley ends up? Hmm. I'm interested to see where he goes and what he's got left this year. I don't know, man. I mean, he didn't. He, he was, remember, he remember he was a he was a second round pick. He promised his kids, he promised on his kids, he swore on his kids' life he'd have, like, what was it, 1,300 yards? Something, yeah. How many yards did he have? Ziggy, how many yards did Calvin Ridley have in 2023? (laughs) These poor kids. (laughs) 1,016, wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, he had some good games. Just, yeah, yeah 116 through. wasn't bad, but he he promised on his kids that he'd have 1300. I think it just it, wasn't it his fault. Like every time, every time Zay Jones played, he would go off. Like it wasn't his fault. Different routes and playing a different role. Yeah. Well, it was. So that's it, why I was curious. Cause, yeah, it was that when Zay Jones was out, they just have him run streaks all day and stretch the defense. And so, like, it was right. like, oh, let's throw four passes to him, but he's running on impossible mission, an impossible route. And it's like you convert yeah. zero of those four deep balls, you get zero points. And and then Kirk right. was just sliding all around in the, you know, midsection of the field while Ridley was opening up space. And, and then when Zay would come back, Ridley would, would thrive, you know. So... I don't think it was Ridley's fault, but I don't know that Ridley did enough to get some huge contract. So it will be interesting. I've heard people say, what if he went back to Atlanta? You know, you never know. We've seen that kind of thing before. Uh, could he go to um, Denver? Could he go to New York and play with Aaron Rodgers? Sure. Could he go to Cincinnati if they let Higgins go? Sure. But why not just bring Higgins back is probably what they're going to do. Yeah. Could he go to... Um, KC, I'll take him you know, to New England. yeah. Could he go to New England? New I'll England would be, England. yeah. If they bring in JD five and that's your your alternative for a wide receiver, you know, add that's good. That's fine. Um, Chargers, you know, it, maybe you don't go draft a, a, a receiver and you just bring in Ridley and Saquon or whatever. 
or you draft Quorum and you bring in Ridley and you 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 spend the five on something else. I don't know. Um, Giants, I could see them trying to bring in Ridley. I could really see Ridley in the Giants uh, Giants uniform. Mm-hmm. I don't know I that I like. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it, but I can see it. You know, they need a wide receiver. They think Danny Dimes could be developed, and then they bring in Ridley, and it all craps the bed. Denver's interesting because I think I think they're going to trade Judy this offseason. I thought they were going to do it last year, but it doesn't seem like he fits there, and they don't want him there. So they're going to need a receiver, and I, and I think it sounds like Sean Payton really wants to go after a quarterback in the draft. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of scenarios I could see playing out. All right, boys, I'll see you later. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, Vinny. See you later, Rob. All right, Rob, anything else? Later, Trav. Hey, uh, yeah. What timeline? I know you talked to him, but I missed it. I missed, I missed it, and I didn't go back uh, the other day. Hawkinson's time to return, Rob. What are they looking at? Uh, he's missing all of September and who knows how long he'll be out in October. Could be a week, could be two weeks, could be three weeks. He's missing at least four weeks though. Um, he waited way too, I mean, he didn't wait, wait too long. He had to wait until just recently, he just had his surgery. Like he tore his ACL like over yeah, a month ago. He ju- part where you, they had to wait because of inflammation and all that other stuff. Yeah. I just missed the time. Yeah. About. I, I didn't hit that. And unfortunately, like he's not, I'm not saying he's not a muscular guy or that he's not strong. Like he might have, you know, we, we don't, we don't really stare at his, his quads, but typically, you know, a, a smaller guy, like a very light guy, like a Devonte Smith or a very muscular player, even though Barkley struggled his first year back. So it's, you know, it's not all, it's not all like clockwork, but typically it's those strong, you know, running backs with with quad muscles that help support the knee and make it tight that have really quick recoveries Brees Hall um you know I, I would say Hawkinson uh wide receivers don't cut the same as RB so you don't necessarily have to be exactly where a running back is to be successful like maybe if you're slow moving a little bit he could still catch the football he could still be smart run a route you know be a big body that could catch a pat but I would guess that based on how long it's take to, taken to get to this point, we probably see a correlation in his rehab. But he could rehab quickly. He's just a bigger guy. You know, it's not going to be as... It's going to be more weight on the knee. It's just a little different. Um, I could see him getting ahead of schedule, and then they're, they're, they're potentially thinking it might just be the three or four games. But I could also see it being something to where it's kind of problematic. But to, have, to wait this long is kind of abnormal. Um, this is a long time. Waiting a week or two is not all that uncommon. If the MCL is very, very swollen, they want to make sure it's all, you know, where it needs to be. They don't want to open it up and then cause more trauma to it. They got to let the MCL heal and get calmed down so that when they open up the knee, that part is done. It doesn't have to be, you know, doesn't have to go through because you get a lot of swelling. And if he's rehabbing that MCL, like, if he, if he would have had the surgery, let's say, uh, less than a week after tearing it, then his knee would have been cut open. Swelling would have ensued because they're, they're, they're cutting and drilling into the knee, putting a new ACL in there, cutting your patellar tendon, uh, cutting a window into your patellar tendon so they have a hole in it. Basically, what they do it today, it used to be different. Um, it used to be they take a cadaver 
ACL, a you know dead person's ACL. Take it out of the person, and then here's the the the, the knee joint right here. This is the the lower part of the leg. They literally drill a hole here, drill a hole here. Take this cadaver tendon that's already been an uh, uh, an ACL or uh, ligament, sorry, cadaver ligament, and they just insert it. They drill a hole here, drill a hole here, and then they put the the dead ACL, the person, the dead person's ACL in there, and then they stick a bunch of like screws in there and drill it in, and then the screws have holes in them so that the bone grows into the hole and grabs onto the screw and everything gets really tightly fit. It's kind of like masonry. It's kind of like woodwork. You put if you put a pole into a, a hole like a peg like a, and you drill holes like and a you dowel. yeah, it's like a dowel joint in a, in a way. So then um that used to be what was thought to be the fastest recovery. And when I tore my ACL, the doctor offered me, "Do you want the quick recovery or do you want the longer recovery?" And I was like, "Well, what's the quick recovery?" He's like a, a cadaver ACL, a dead person's ACL. I'm like, "Hell no." And so the, the alternative is you have your patellar tendon that goes over your knee. They cut a window out of the middle of your patellar tendon, kind of like piercing your tongue. You poke a hole in it. And then over time, a very short period of time, the, the, uh, the, um, the, two, the, the holes c- converge and you're, they grow over and it, it connects again. So you don't have a hole your whole life in your patellar tendon. It grows and connects together. That's why they take it out of the middle. Similar to when you take your tongue ring out um, if someone were to take a tongue ring out, it would close up again or ear piercing or whatever. Um, so they take that once they take that little window out, this is what is, what is a patellar tendon, a tendon, what is an ACL, a ligament. So you're, you're asking a piece of a patellar tendon to turn into a ligament. So what do they do? They put it the same process. They drill a hole here, drill a hole here, take it, put it in there, put it in there. And then it needs to die. And so it dies and turns into a ligament, a hard ligament. And that's part of the, the why it, ta- it used to take longer because you have to wait for it to die. They drill it in. And the important part is this will slip out if you don't allow the bone to grow in and it all to kind of like heal because you don't want to be tugging on something that is trying to grow together to make a tight fit like the dowel joint. So that's why you have to so, so much time on crutches. If you were to start walking right away, you'd probably rip the ACL right out of that hole. Because it wouldn't, it wouldn't heal. Um, so uh, it's it's a long process. It's a it's a real long so process. Like it's bone growing over it. Yeah, and, right, and it, you, you what? About eight weeks uh, to get the bone to start growing over it, right? Uh, efficiently. Yeah, I mean, you're not a lot like if you're a regular Joe, you're not allowed to run for a long time. It's it's like me back in the day. It was you weren't allowed to run for a calendar year, you know. But but athletes are put on a fast timetable, and honestly, it causes a lot of it causes arthritis. Though, you know, these players shouldn't be coming back six months. You know, they can do it and they can be effective. But when they come back after six, seven months, just like uh, uh, Cam Akers with his Achilles, like the, the fact that he tried to play so early, it was ridiculously stupid because there's so much time your body needs to um, heal. And if you just rush it because you think you can, you're going to cause some other injury, which Cam Akers did. So, you know, you could come back in six months, but you're probably going to have a lot of arthritis and different things that develop by rushing yourself back. Like, you really do need to take it easy. 
Um, but meniscus meniscus tears are probably the worst thing too, though, because it's kind of like a car alignment. You you know, if you slice your brake pad in half on one side of your vehicle and the vehicle tilts and then you drive for 30,000 miles like that, your whole car is going to be just jacked up and different things are going to start happening to it. It's going to wear differently. The knee joints are the same way. You know, meniscus, um, probably better to tear a clean ACL than to tear your meniscus bad. It's probably much better to have a, an ACL replacement. The, the, the problem is most people that tear their ACL in the NFL, it's such a brutal hit that they take or a cut or because they're on turf and they just like buckle that thing and just destroy the whole knee. Um, very rarely do they just do people just tear an ACL cleanly in the NFL. That happens in soccer a lot. Um, doesn't happen in the NFL a lot. So usually you're tearing all kinds of things. Just just ripping the thing into a totally different direction. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb's knee is going to be, it's going to be so hard for him to come back. I wish Smitty had that much insight, had this much insight in in season injuries as opposed to season enders. Um, I do provide this, Jake, throughout the entirety of the season. Um, appreciate the super chat, but we t- I, I talk about injuries. Whenever there's an injury, bro, I come on and do a whole breakdown for it. So definitely during the season, Jake. Where were you? Were you not here during the season? All right, Ron. I'll see you later, pal. <laughs> All righty, Smitty. Take All care. Right, Take care, chat. Um, yeah, Jake, We, I appreciate the super chat, by the way. Uh, we talk about this whenever there's an injury. The in-season, off-season, doesn't matter. Um, why do you think I was so against um, Cam Akers, you know, drafting him and and the compensation injury, like the likelihood um, of Cam Akers tearing his other Achilles was like so high because of the band rushed back. Like there, there we we did a lot of injury breakdown on him. Never knew Rogers thing was an option. I was on crutches forever, says Jake. That's they've had a lot of advancements in a lot of these injuries, my guy. So when I when I had my ACL surgery, it was a year. I couldn't run for a year. They wouldn't allow me to run or jog for a year. That has since, you know, changed. Um, you also, back then, even, this has been for, for you know, over two decades. Over two decades. When you wake up from an ACL, uh, talking about torn knees is different than possible comebacks. We all speculate on. You're joking? Okay. Um, yeah, Dobbins, that compensation injury. That's right, Travis. All those injuries. Compensation injuries are real. They're real. Um, but when you wake up from an ACL uh, surgery, your knee is in a machine. And your knee's bending right away. It's on a machine. And it goes... And you wake up out of the surgery with your knee just moving back and forth. It's crazy. And uh, I tore my patellar tendon off my kneecap. That was the worst one. Um, the recovery was quick. I was running after four months. But that recovery was quick. And, and the other thing, too, is with, with uh, an ACL tear versus a uh, patellar tendon tear, if you tear your patellar tendon, um, here's, your, here's your top joint. Here is your kneecap or your knee, your kneecap. 
Here is your uh, lower leg. Your patellar tendon goes over like that. When you tear your patellar tendon, um, especially when you tear it from the kneecap like I did, or I tore it, I'm sorry, down here, this part ripped off and essentially this goes into your, your shin there. This part and this part detached, right? Like this. And here's the patellar tendon and, and it just went like this. And my kneecap was right here. So my kneecap was like in the lower part of my thigh attached to the patellar tendon that like, you know, curled up like that. And the patellar tendon snapped over here. So I had no pulley system to move my knee. So when I, when I tore it, they asked me, can you pick your leg up? And I couldn't. You think of it like uh, think of it like your your patellar tendon is almost like throwing a, a towel over your leg, and you can move your leg up and down. They can pull it up, put your knee to your chest, and everything. You tear your patellar tendon, and there's no connection. You're, it's a pulley system. You can't pick your leg up. It's crazy. You think that's thigh muscle, but it's thigh muscle connected to all that. You can't pick your leg up anymore. So I lost all ability to to to, to pull my leg up like that. It was it is the worst pain in the world. It was so much worse than my ACL tear, and I tore everything in my knee. Um, but what they do in patellar tendon tears is you have those bad boys right away. Swelling doesn't matter. You've got to have it done because what happens is the patellar tendon shrinks. Um, every day, especially a week, that this thing isn't connected, it'll shrink and shrivel and it'll be shorter. And so here's your here's your kneecap attached to that part if that's where you tore it like I did. All of a sudden, this doesn't connect anymore. Then they got to stretch it and they got to try and make it right. And then you have problems. Then all of a sudden, your kneecap's not on the right necessarily like perfect positioning and everything's pulling differently. And then they got to go back in and redo it. So when I tore my patellar tendon... Unlike my ACL, unlike Hawkinson's ACL, where they said we got to wait for the MCL. MCL, this is the inside of the leg. Your MCL is right here. Your LCL is right here. Your ACL and your PCL are crossed in the knee. Your meniscus is in between. Um, well, actually, it'd be right here. Your meniscus is in between. Um, when you tear your MCL and your ACL, they'll wait as long as they need to for this MCL swelling or the LCL swelling to, to calm down. Um, with your patellar tendon, they say we got to go right in. If we don't go right in, then we won't have the right, you know, slack of the patellar tendon. So that's why you'll see patellar tendon surgeries, which are kind of rare in the NFL, but those will happen right away, like next day. Next day. I'll see you all later. Appreciate you. Don't forget, hit underdog fantasy promo code Smitty. Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit up to $100, not to mention anybody with a, a verified Underdog account will be available to potentially win pieces of, of this million-dollar giveaway airdropped into Underdog accounts during the big game on Sunday, but you have to have an Underdog account. It's as simple as clicking the link in the live stream chat that's pinned or the description of this video or any other video or using code SMITTY. Download Underdog. The link does all the work for you. Puts my code in there for you. It's for lazy people. Just hit the link and be subject to getting potentially some of this million-dollar giveaway. Uh, go play these hires. I love these. I'll see you guys all tomorrow. Appreciate you. The Moon Men. Dropping loads in outer space. 
Space Monsters. Look at Penix Jr. Looks so good on this Moon Men list now that we know he has his OC from his college football team. Now probably looking to eyeball him at the 16 overall pick during the 2024 NFL Draft. Number 16 overall, Penix Jr. to the moon. Let's go. Let's go. But the continuum of the gigawatt component structure of Jameer Gibbs's workload divide has a megawatt offload that if you compartmentalize the component conjunction timekeeper and you flux capacitor out the continuum component megabolt, things just end up happening. And that's why Jameer Gibbs is a top 5 to 10 running back instead of top 6 to 10. Thanks to my mod squad, Sick Nasty, Space Ricky, Travis Rowe, Blackbeard, anybody else that's in the building. DeBalt is one of my dynasty mods. I appreciate DeBalt. Appreciate uh, Jake and Kenobi and, and Birdman and uh, who else is in here right now that's still in here? Matt O in the building. Birdman, appreciate you. Uh, Josh is in the building. Golf, golfer life, my boy. Um, Hazard. Um, Fabio, appreciate you. Hoosiers in the building, peanut butter and jelly. What's going on, my guy? Thank you, Jake, for the super chat, my guy. Appreciate you. Uh, who else is up in here? Who else is up in here still? We got, uh, we got, uh, already said Jake, already said Steve. Steve, uh, I think the fourth was it that I saw in here. Old Fish, appreciate you, Old Fish. What's up, my guy? We got Tom, Tomas in the building. What's up, Tomas? Bob. Bob, you can take your earmuffs off. Blunt in the building. Blunt's been here pretty early on most shows. Hazard, appreciate you. Jaime. Jaime's in the building. Later, Kenobi. 